welcome to Slacker Moto Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Well, Brad, how are you? Oh, I am doing pretty good. It has been so cool outside. It has been so nice in the Pacific Northwest. Not a lot of heat, almost, you know, a little drizzly at times. Um, it has been really good. Yeah, uh, I can't complain. And um, looking forward to uh, this weekend um, or last weekend, whenever this goes out. But that uh, my dad's coming over and we're going to be pulling a motor out of an old international pickup, I think, so that way he can get a dump truck going. So not motorcycle related, but still wild and adventurous and some craziness involved. Uh, it's very normal for me in my childhood, so I'm looking forward to it. Boo. I know. I'm sorry. Sorry. Boo. How is Addison Where's doing? KLR. <clears throat> I am good, man. We uh, just got back, got off of the uh, the big ride this year. So what big ride? Got to uh, you know you're talking about how nice the weather is, but when we were out on the big uh, annual ride, the Slacker Moto ride, buddy, was this the five day ride? When we were out on our ride, man, it was not so cool. It was intended to be. Whoa, whoa, whoa. it wasn't five days, is what you're saying? It didn't end up being five days, just three days. What? What? Okay, okay. So I know that there's maybe a story on this. Uh, I'm disappointed maybe a little bit. You told me, oh, it's only three days, two days before you leave. It might have even been the day before you left. I said, are you, are you going to come now? It's a little bit shorter. We're not going to be gone as long. And I'm like thinking about it. And then the next day you weren't even, you weren't even at work again. I'm, I, I was very disappointed. I was a little hurt. I cried for a split second. But. You should have come well, yeah. You you wouldn't be crying if you actually came along. Okay, okay. So it was not, you know, the, disregarding the fact that you guys all of a sudden truncated your um, trip. What uh, what was going on? What was the time? Like you said, it was hot. I mean, you where did you go, and why was it so hot? So we actually did pretty well we ended up doing a big loop a three-day loop around the olympic peninsula okay hitting uh well we we basically stayed on the west side we didn't really do much of the i-5 of the highway corridor of it we stayed on the west side kind of bouncing back and forth in and out okay um which turned out to be a great choice because that was a hundred plus degree weekend out here in town and in most of these cities we were hitting 108 and up in a lot of local areas but the coast, of course, was a good, uh, you know, 80 degrees. Yeah, I was going to say, if you guys were along that west side, I mean, I would have hung out along the coastline a lot more potentially, or at least near some bodies of water. You guys would have stayed cooler. So is that what you guys did? It is, yeah. We ended up uh, basically putting roughly 350 miles a day, uh, cruising through every little town, every little back road that we could find. Uh, going back and forth, you know, into the out to the coast. If you've ever been up 101 on the Washington side, a lot of 101 is actually not on the coast. It's a, a number of miles inland. So you've got to kind of shoot out and back to a lot of the little coast cities. So we 
we hit most of those. We'd go out to, you know, to visit any of these cities, shoot back onto 101, continue north, head back out, you know, head back out to another city, come back, 101 north. Anyway, we ran through all that and, uh, yeah, worked out pretty good. We ended up staying near Port Townsend. I guess that's not true. Port Angeles uh, on the first night. It was a little further, about an hour west of Port Angeles. Okay, so what time did you guys roll into your uh, holiday? We ended up getting in about five o'clock, let's call it. We left pretty early Thursday morning and got in about five o'clock. You know, got all set up and then ended up grabbing some food, hanging out for a few hours, and and everybody kind of zonked out. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that sounds like a pretty good first day. What was the highlight of the first day? Oh, that's a good question, man. So we did a few things. We uh, we ended up, so there's a number of things I didn't even, you know, growing up out here, I'm always surprised how little I know about the area I grew up in. And I think that's the case for most people where you grow up and live. You don't necessarily go visit all the little, you know, let's call them tourist traps, little things out there. But we ended up hitting near Aberdeen or in Aberdeen, hitting the, uh, the Kurt Cobain Park. Uh, seeing his house he grew up in, uh, that was kind of fun. A little, okay. little offshoot that, you know, just a couple miles off of the beaten path that I didn't even know existed. So that was kind of a fun little, you know, it wasn't really a tourist trap. There wasn't a lot of people there, but we sat and had lunch at the Kurt Cobain Park. That was nice. Yeah, um, thing. Okay, I'm, I've else? never heard of this either. Yeah, I went through, uh, one of the cooler things to me, and I had never really driven through the 101 side of the Olympic National you know, Olympic National Park. I have been up I five, up past Sheldon. You know, gone to the track up there. Done a lot of the uh, the east side driving. Um, but on the one on one side, it's pretty cool when you're coming out. You're coming up one on one or down, really, whichever direction you're going. There's a, a section of three beaches. It's literally beach one, beach two, and beach three. They're really well named. Um, <laughs> and then, but as you come into those areas. It, it's very clear you're in a rainforest. Uh, so oh. for those that don't know, Olympic National Park, the Olympic Forest there is a rainforest. Uh, but you come up, you know, you kind of come up towards the coast. You head a little bit further west, 101 cuts west, and it basically rides right on the coastline. And you come into this grove of trees that's, you know, basically right on the coastline. And it is just, it's not foggy, but it's so misty you can't see all the way ahead. So it's pretty cool that you can kind of, I don't know, that you hit the rainforest section and you're riding through a rainforest. And that, you know, for the Northwest, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. It definitely looks it, smells it. It dropped to like 60 degrees because of the, the water that's in the air. You know, it was like natural air conditioning. It, it was wonderful. It was pretty cool. Wow. No, that is really cool. Okay. Okay. So that's pretty, uh, did you get some pictures of all these things? Did you get any pictures along the way? Video of a few things. Didn't take a lot of pictures of, you know, writing pictures per se, but we took pictures of of different stops and locations. A lot of the beaches we stopped at, we'd take some pictures. So definitely a lot to share. Uh, A few things have been shared. Really just the camping experience has been up on on Instagram thus far. Um, But it's, uh, yeah, there's a handful of pictures and videos that, uh, that are all showing up on Facebook, Instagram. Definitely check those out. 
Okay, okay, okay. So that was day two? So that was day one up and then day oh, two okay. back down. Kind of different side routes, but two days kind of more or less up and down 101. Okay. Um, so yeah, day one went up. We we camped at Clallam Bay uh, and that was nice. I guess we didn't camp. We stayed, we all stayed at a hotel up there. They're pretty low cost, middle of middle of nowhere kind of town. Not a lot going on, which is kind of where we like to stay. Uh, then the day two, we got up early, went uh, went and drove about an hour, rode about an hour out, got breakfast, and then headed into Hurricane Ridge. Well, that sounds scary. It, terrifying. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So, how did that go? <laughs> no, Hurricane Ridge is pretty cool. If you haven't done that, it's you have to pay to get in, um, which is unfortunate. But it's a, a super twisty road. One of the top, I, I think it was ranked sixth best road in Washington, um, according to Butler Maps. Obviously, you have to classify who's saying that. But uh, but yeah, it's twisty road. Goes up, you know, a few thousand feet. You go up to basically the top of the northern ridge of the Olympic Mountains, and from there you can see all the Olympic Mountains. You know, Mount Olympus back in the corner. All the other little, uh, you know, little canyons and, and mountain ridges and everything from there. Uh, so pretty cool view. Granted, it was a little bit smoky from some of the uh, the Canadian fires. So we ended up getting a little bit of that going on. But uh, but you could see fairly far. Being coastal, right, everything was a little clearer, definitely than yeah. if we were on the east side of the state or anything like that. So you could still see fairly far. We, we could look at the live video cast and make sure that it was worth riding up there um but an excellent road and then awesome views up there we kind of hung out for a little while looking at everything and okay so how much did this cost you said it cost a little bit so it's about 25 dollars a bike oh wow which okay it's a bit pricey for uh, i think it's what a 15 mile road of twisties wow. <laughs> okay All right wow Okay, so um, another thing that you mentioned that I think uh, readers might be or listeners might be uh, interested in is what is Butler Maps? Butler Maps? You know what that is, Brad? No, I'm not. I don't know what it is. Please <laughs> help me. <laughs> no, it's uh, Butler does a motorcycle group of maps. It's, it's all specific to motorcycle roads. They highlight, you know, in red your best roads, in yellow your your good roads. Uh, there's a few other roads that are just kind of mentioned, right? Honorable mentions per se. Um, but it's a map that, that bases itself on the twisty roads that are generally not main roads as well. So they, they kind of show all the top roads of each state. You can get a Butler map for, for many of the states. Okay, so you guys use that. Is that what you guys used then to plan your route or just that one segment? We generally will incorporate the Butler map as we go. Um, you know, we kind of plan where we want to go, the general direction, and then we start looking up roads that we either just kind of find ourselves and we'll try to throw in. If there's some that are highly rated, we'll throw in the Butler map and, and review where that wants to send us or where, you know, what it recommends for good roads. Um, sure. Because it's not just, like I said, it's not just the twisty roads, but it's also... A lot of roads that uh, you know that aren't aren't as heavily traveled, so it's usually good motorcycle roads in general. Right, right, okay, okay, nice, okay. And I know that Dennis, you guys have looked at it. I've looked at some of the stuff too from a very uh, 
and very useful, definitely worth looking up. There's some other resources that are kind of similar depending on the state and location, but definitely a, a go-to. Um, what, uh, what do you think? Would you do that Hurricane Ridge again? Would you pay the 25 bucks? I'd go back up. Yeah, I think it's... Uh... Did you want to go again that same day? So that was the thing is it's a, it's, I think it's a five day pass or whatever. So it would definitely be worth going up. It would be fun to go up with bikes that, you know, one, you can go up and down a couple times, but two, spend some time parked and, and hiking, you know, bring gear so you can hike around. There's a lot of trails up there, a lot to look at. A lot of people base camp at it. Basically we'll, we'll do the pass and then, you know, on by car and then, uh, you know, walk, walk as much as the Olympic forest as you can. It's very much a backpack only national park. Um, there are little offshoots that shoot into it a few miles and then basically dead end. And you can come back out the way you came into the Olympic national forest. Mm, um, but the entire, you know, chunk of it in the middle is not accessible by car. Um, so it's definitely a, you know, a backpacking hiking playground per se. So you said by car, so motorcycle, it would be accessible? It would not, sorry. Not not accessible okay. by road um, and not accessible by, you know, by vehicle, we should say. Okay, so I kind of got, so I have to say, without knowing anything and just listening to you talk about this originally, is I pictured or imagined a motorcycle-only road that somebody would pay $25 to go on where you're just out there with other motorcycles. That sounds pretty cool. A little steep, a little expensive potentially, but if it's a twisty area, not having to deal with other pedestrians or cars, phenomenal. That would be awesome. So my question is, like when you're out there, was there a lot? I mean, it sounds like it's just for backpacking or, you know, and for people that are out there trying to utilize the area, This, the, but... Um, how busy was it? And I'm really like focusing in on this, but I'm curious, like, was it, it the experience of you just riding behind other cars? And so it's more of a leisurely, like cruiser riding through this area or was, I mean, you're on a, you know, a sportier bike. Were you actually able to, you know, safely and comfortably ride around and but kind of not, maybe not push it, but be able to really enjoy it? I mean, how was the experience? Yeah, it was, uh, so everybody's allowed, right? There were, there were some guys that were bicycling up, you know, heaven forbid. Um, but all kinds of, you know, cars, bikes, motorcycles, right? Whatever, whatever you wanted to bring up, you could do. I think you could probably walk it if you really wanted to. Um, but it wasn't bad. We, granted, we went, we probably hit the road after breakfast, so on and so forth at, let's call it 830 um so we hit it fairly early one you know before the heat hit for the day and two you know so that we could get on the road and we were continuing south basically down to uh you know the southern southern beaches of uh of washington so we had some some miles to put on that day but because of the timing i would argue it was probably pretty pretty easy uh we saw a few cars most of them would pull off let us buy uh really didn't hinder much what was going on there's always you know one car or i don't want to call names per se but you know somebody that doesn't understand that they're going crazy slow and thinks that you know if in the straights if they hit the gas and then go five miles per hour through every corner they're doing good enough um but 
we could get around everybody we needed to. We didn't get stuck behind anybody for any period of time that mattered. Um, and you didn't find yourself having to pass in some interesting situations. Was there plenty of passing lanes then? Uh, there's not a ton of them, but it, it was pretty reasonable. Uh, nobody really okay. did anything dangerous. There's no no moments where I was worried for, for anybody in the crew. So oh, it was safe okay. enough. Um, but it, it was, yeah, it, it's a good road. Uh, you don't, I mean, you do it for the road on a motorcycle, definitely. Um, but the view at top is pretty cool. I mean, you're, you're up, you're up there without the smoke. It would have been excellent. You would have been able to see a lot, lot, lot more. Um, and so I, I would go back, you know, in the spring when there's not smoke in the air and I would love to see it that way. I think that it's definitely worth for the trip itself with the road and the view and everything. It's a cool experience. Nice. Nice. Okay. Okay. So you went up and back in two days. I thought you said this was a three day trip. It was. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what did you do? Like you, was this like, was there a day in the middle of your up and back? No. So we headed back to the Southern coast of, uh, of Washington. Uh, okay. On day two, ended up camping there, a couple of us at least. A lot of guys still got the, the hotels. There's lots of options. We ended up at the oyster capital of the U.S. Ooh. Um, pretty neat there. Uh, you, you can guess what we had for dinner. Mackerel. That's exactly. Yep. Well yeah. done. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, we camped there for the night. Ended up finding a really cool, it's basically a, a county park during the day that they open up for overnight camping at night. Um, and it was pretty nice. Like it was a very sweet, super low cost for having, you know, bath, bathroom showers, everything you'd need. If you're, you know, camping off of a motorcycle, super nice campground for super low cost. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool. I will definitely head back to that location. I was, I was impressed by that. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed that. And then day three, we got up headed South. Uh, got breakfast in Astoria. Uh, you know, you can't you can't go through the through 101 without stopping in Astoria. At least I can't. And then we headed up, yeah, headed down kind of the fun roads back into Lyle and and uh, how we would generally head back into Portland, but then through the mountains, shot back north into uh, into Longview, kind of across the bridge there over to. Uh, over to Washington, and then yeah. went up the uh, the highway up to the Mount St. Helens. Uh, what is it, Windy Ridge? Not yeah, Windy Ridge. Really? So okay. shot up into Mount St. Helens to the uh, yeah. Went and saw the the visitor center. I guess it is. All right. Which, okay. By okay. the way, that road up to the visitor center is an excellent road. That was. Uh, I don't know that I, I've never done it by bike. Uh, but that is definitely on the list now of, of day rides is to head north, go up to Mount St. Helens. It's an awesome road. It was a great ride. A couple good spots to, you know, fuel up and, and get some food in the area. So it'd be a good ride to kind of do that in the morning, grab lunch and head home if you were doing a half day ride. Interesting. Okay. It didn't cost you 25 bucks like Hurricane Ridge. Nope. This one, this one was free. Uh, the, the visitor center was closed uh, due to COVID is my assumption. But uh, it nonetheless was a good ride up, you know, fun views, although a little definitely more smoky here on the I mean, we're still on the west side of the state, but coming a little bit east of the coast, a lot more smoky than it was. It was kind of shocking on, 
was that Saturday morning? So the third day we left, uh, left the campsite and it was just so misty out at the coast that it was basically raining. Yet the high that day, I think was 106 in town. So it was kind of crazy to hit 60 degree rain on the coast. And then as we're getting coming down from Mount St. Helens, you know, hitting hundred degree weather as well. So quite a difference wow. there. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's an interesting aspect. You mentioned that the visitor center was closed due to COVID. I mean, you went out on a trip like this last year, and uh, maybe maybe you don't want to go into this tangent right now, but I, I think it would be interesting to hear. How did the the pandemic and where we are, and I mean, this is going to date the episode, but whatever, we've already done it. Um, what? How did it feel this year being on a trip compared to last year? Did it feel the same? Did it feel like people were more open? It, it didn't feel, I don't know. If I take a step back and put everything into one bucket, it was very similar, but in a different way. That's probably Ooh. the most confusing yet correct way to describe it. Um, so last year, right, we went to Idaho, we went to Montana, and these states are not closed <laughs> down from COVID. Still today, are not shutting down. So we went through there and there was definitely this sense of COVID and a few things, right? The tourism was low, you know, there wasn't as many people, the roads were a little less busy, but for the most part, it was business as usual. And we were able to go about doing everything we wanted to do. Even coming into town, it, you know, you'd have to put a mask on and it was 100% required, uh, you know, in Washington as we got back into the state. But Otherwise, pretty pretty open, but just different. Uh, this time, it was definitely more open uh, and more busy. I mean, Hurricane Ridge, there was, you know, one parking spot available that we all crammed into when we went up to the, the parking lot. I mean, it was definitely busy. People were out doing stuff, unlike last year. However, you know, everybody's now, everybody's wearing a mask. At least it's mandated in Washington. Again, so, you know, it, it's definitely a different group of people uh, or same, probably same group of people, but different group of precautions where people just were hiding last year. So it was different uh, this year. They're not hiding. They're just all being a lot more careful and distancing. So, you know, in the end, the experience and the traffic and and how it was to ride and, and be there was pretty similar at, from a high level. Just, you know, if you zoom into the actual specifics of what was happening, it was a different experience. You know, people were acting a little different, but it was a similar trip, we'll say. Okay. Especially, you know, we don't we do not do the big cities. We stay out of cities. We do a lot of small town riding. Uh, we try to steer clear of anything that would have traffic just because it's no fun. And quite honestly, more dangerous if, if you know, in my opinion... Cities are where, you know, people are getting in these accidents. People are busier and not paying as much attention. Um, so we steer clear of that. And in the smaller towns, people are, uh, you know, a little less stressed about it, I think. You know, there's not the the volume of of people in each area. There's not that, you know, huddle of people that could all get it from the one guy because everybody's already spread out a bit. Right. I know that there was a little bit, I mean, full, full transparency. Obviously, uh, you're going to go on a trip and we're in this kind of a scenario uh, where this is going on. And even with vaccinations, there's variants where there's, you know, not, we won't say like breakthrough. It's still possible for somebody to get, you know, sick. Right. And you're going to go on a trip. And so then there's the hesitation of, okay, what are we doing? How can we do this? Is this not so much, what is it safe? But 
a little bit of hesitation and concern about going on a trip with other guys, even though you guys are socially distanced as you're riding. You're still congregating at some point, breakfast, lunch, camping, or whatever the case is. I mean, do you feel like the dynamic still felt like a normal slacker moto ride? Or how, I mean, I'm not trying to put anything down and, you know, feel free to disclose what you want, but just like, did it feel like you still were able to really enjoy being out with the community? So, you know, that's something, obviously our intro says it all. We're, we're all about the motorcycle community. And there were some concerns with this before getting into the ride. Uh, you know, people were starting to express their opinions, their thoughts, their concerns about COVID precautions and who's taking what precautions. I'm not going to get into these specifics because I believe everybody can make their own choice. Um, you know, I don't think that it's my decision or anyone's decision to make the choice for you. If you want to do something, great. If you don't, great. It's on you. You know, all, all everybody gets their own choice of whatever they want to do. Um, and so we didn't really get into the specifics, even kind of in some of that debate, but certain things came out as we were planning about who was, who had taken which precautions. And there were some concerns there. The second we went kickstands up at 8 a.m. on Thursday morning, about an hour north of town where we met. Um, I mean, there wasn't a word, there wasn't a concern, you know, didn't necessarily negate the concern that is right. COVID, right. Cause it, people are getting sick. And you can't just negate that that's true. And and everybody that was worried about it, there were people wearing masks most of the time. The, you know, some of the group was more precautious than others. And that's totally their right. And I'm not going to say yay or nay to any of that. Um, you know, and others just didn't care. And that that's fine, too. It, it's totally up to them. And so it, yeah. it was uh, the experience in the community and the camaraderie that comes from each of these rides. And this isn't just the slacker motor ride. Anytime I've done a group ride, this is very much the feeling, um, at least an organized group ride. Um, you know, it's still there. And the second we went kickstands up, it was chatting and, you know, having lunch together and laughing. And nobody was, you know, running away from one another, even though we, you know, certain people that had differing opinions knew who the other opinion was. The second we're out riding, we're all riding buddies and all's well. Yeah. Yeah. They'd already, yeah. they knew that. The rest, and they accepted that, and and they took the precautions that they needed to make themselves feel a little bit more comfortable. And it sounds like, I mean, that's fair. I mean, that's what you got to do. But it sounds, I think, more importantly, that you guys were able to go out and still enjoy this and find a way to look past all the differences in the world. I mean, this happens every year. Like no, nobody's ever going to be see eye to eye with everybody else, especially in a group of even two or more people, right? But uh, I think that's a huge thing is that this has been a group that has been able to get past all of our indifferences as uh, humans, as people, and be able to look at this and go, we're out <laughs> here together and have that camaraderie. And I, I can't remember where we were parked. So, you know, in our group, just to kind of give a good picture, we've got, you know, my, let's call it naked street bike, naked sport bike, a street triple, right? We've got Oh, a GS twelve hundred or twelve fifty. It's the newer version. We've got a um twelve hundred or what is it? The eleven fifty R, basically sport touring BMW Boxer Twin. We've got a Honda CB five hundred. We've got a Harley and a full. You know, right? I think it's a Street Street Bob or whatever it's called. It's the full, you know, full engined Harley. We're not talking the Sportster, but the bigger bike. Uh, what else? We've got a 
yeah, and then we had a KTM 790. And I think that covers all the bikes for the most part. Um, you know, it's, it's a weird mix. We're talking, you know, a couple of adventure bikes, a sport touring bike, a sport bike, uh, you know, whatever the CB500X is supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be an adventure bike, but it's very much just a standard street bike with uh, with a little bit taller suspension. And I don't think uh, the rider of that bike would argue with me one bit. Um, and then, you know, and then we've got a Harley. So we rolled into town and I can't remember. I think it was for lunch. Might have even been day one. We roll into town and instantly like three people walk up and they're like that's a weird mix of bikes guys <laughs> you know that what a strange group you know because there's a, a loud harley but just the one you know and then there's my little sport bike packed to the brim because i had camping gear i camped on night two so i've got you know tent sleeping bag i've got everything loaded up on this bike on the back of my little 675 cc sport bike you know and others have you know minimal bags because they were minimally you know uh camping or not camping but staying in in hotels and and it's just a weird mix and that's something that i've really enjoyed about our group rides is it's it's so open to whoever wants to come um and that's not just bikes right the, the bike is the outward expression of the group that everybody can see immediately that we're all very different people but in the same way like we have different opinions we have different thoughts we have different political beliefs Different. I mean, if we get into a little bit of what started to come out in the beginning of this ride was, you know, different COVID thoughts and different, we're all so different, yet we get on these bikes and do these group trips. And with the motorcycle and the experiences we're having, these joint, you know, joined experience of, of visiting these places that some of us had already been, some hadn't, you know, the camaraderie and the, the brotherhood, we'll call it, that, that comes from that is really cool. Uh, and that's something about motorcycles in general that, that, I've really enjoyed, and I know it's not just motorcycles. I lived in a Jeep community, you know, for a long time. I grew up with Jeeps. I understand that that's a similar conversation, except that you can express, you know, Jeep is such a specific tool that whether you've got an old Jeep or a new Jeep, you still have a Jeep, you know, it's still a subset of cars. It's not like you've got a, a Miata and a Jeep hanging out together in this event, right? And that's kind of what the motorcycles are, is you've got a Harley and a sport bike. Those are two totally different subsets of motorcycling. Totally, you know, if you pulled a group of each of those riders, you'd find two very different types of people. Yet in our rides, who cares? Show up with what you got. If you're wearing all Harley gear, welcome. Come on, man. Come ride with us. We'll wait for you at the corner, right? If you can't go as fast, ride your own pace. You do you, but come hang out with us and we'll all have a great time. And I really do enjoy that about this ride, other little rides, and really just the motorcycle community. And that's really what we're trying to get across. I know we've said this a thousand times on the podcast, but ride with everyone. Don't snob anybody. Don't not wave at somebody because it's not the same kind of bike as yours. Like, we all got to look out for each other. We all got to support each other. And I love that. Oh, that's good. Well, it definitely is. It's a good, great, good group of guys. And uh, I totally agree. We've had several of them. Um, join us in early podcasts. Um, yeah, I'm excited. We've got another podcast coming up that uh, we've already got. I mean, we alluded to it pretty hard with one of the main uh, main contenders last week. But uh, we're going to get into it with Dennis and, and these BMWs here. Oh, I think it'll be a good uh, conversation. And as I've said before, my, my experience is more on the uh, car side. But regardless... Um, 
I am looking forward to that, being able to have that conversation. Uh, Dennis is very passionate about what he loves, and I think that's really awesome. And so I'm looking forward to uh, what he brings to the table, both about the positives and even potentially, I mean, some of the things that one should consider if you're really into a BMW. So I think it could be really insightful for somebody that wants to uh, even consider purchasing a BMW and is looking to hear a little bit about uh, why somebody loves them. So um, yeah, tune in for that. That'll be really exciting. Get that out of your ear. Yeah, I told Dennis. So Dennis was on the trip. We uh, get what out of my rear? <laughs> what are you talking about what? over here? You yeah, told Dennis what? This is really uh, weird. We are on the ride. I told uh, I told Dennis a couple times. That's our number one goal here on this podcast: is make sure no one buys another BMW. Uh, you know that if there's anything we can get across, it's it's just steer clear. You know. Triumph, who cares what I've said in the past? They're the best. Don't worry about that. Uh, speaking of, man, whole other topic we're going to have to get into soon. Hot news. Triumph's making a dirt bike, buddy. Confirmed. Dude, uh, that actually, we might have to tame ourselves because Dennis has some things to say about that, too, which I think would be really <laughs> exciting. Uh, so we might have to put either a time limit or some like number of arguments or something on the BMW side, because I think that that could get pretty exciting as well. I have some, I guess, speculations with my limited knowledge on what's going on and why that's advantageous. But Let's speculate this. But I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Good, I derailed you. That was the only goal of throwing that one out there. Um, I hope Triumph makes every bike and all the other people go out of business. That's actually not true. There's multiple bikes I like and, and would ride and would buy. But I'm becoming, I'm re-becoming another Triumph uh, apologist. I don't know why. Had a lot of that. Had a lot of questions. So I've, I went through a lot of bikes since the Scrambler. I've gone through a couple of bikes, brought different bikes to these trips. Uh, and now on the second year on this little, you know, we'll call it a sport bike, even though it's more of a. I don't even know. A hooligan bike is probably the best classification for a street triple, but you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's just, I can't find a reason to get rid of this stupid bike, man. Like it just keeps doing what I ask it to. It does it easy. It, you know, everything I've thrown at it, I've gone off roading slightly with it. I've taken it on track day. I've done big trips. I, I mean, I wouldn't go do a trail with it, but, It'll do dirt and not go down. I mean, what 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 more can you ask? This is the jack of all trades. This is you and I had a whole episode. Go check it out about you know you can do anything with your bike. We had a yeah. whole episode about how a motorcycle is capable of whatever you want to throw at it, and this bike's really kind of doing it for me. Okay, okay. I mean, you keep your triumph. I mean, you you love that triumph, so you keep it, and and that does good for you. I mean, that's fine, and. It is a pretty sweet bike, and I think that uh, you've got to you've got to keep her at least while it's uh, still young in its years. Um, but I do I do question, you know, when that uh, BMW is going to come around. Like I said, five years on that, and and I'm still waiting for you to buy that other bike this year. So uh, we just we're just waiting. It's going to happen. Yeah, right now I've got a bike on the market, so I'm getting rid of a eighty-one CB seven fifty. If anybody's interested. 100% a project bike. Engine turns. I did some work on it. Engine turns. Uh, stator looks great. Uh, so it's definitely, you know, it, it will run with some love. 
but it needs a lot of love. And and with uh, with everything going on in personal life, I don't have the time for that kind of love. It's got to go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So how long has that been listed? Uh, just a couple of days. I threw it up what Monday. Okay. Did you did you put on the ad uh, ran when parked thirty years ago? No, I had all kinds of good stuff. You know, only highway miles. Never, uh, never been in the rain. You know, all the good stuff that you put on these ads. We need to go back and do another episode on ads. We had an early episode <laughs> about Craigslist and and all of these. I think we could add so much more with with a couple more years experience we've got now. I've bought a lot of bikes since then. Man, could I go off on that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing about this story on this uh, bike. Have you heard any interest? Anybody gotten back to you yet? I've had questions asked about it, but nobody. I mean, clearly tire kickers. The default is this available? Oh, yeah. Yes. Questions asked, right? People that didn't. I don't even know if they even opened it, but just click the default respond here. So I'm I'm not too worried about it. Um, you know, I've got storage room i can store it until people want. i just figured you know it's a winter project or it would have been for me this year um i've got other other home projects now that i've got to work on so that's no reason to let it sit for another winter let somebody else deal with it sure no that's understandable if you can sell it if you got it listed uh, hopefully at a reasonable price at least turn around get your money back that should exactly be good the goal. i got it a screaming deal somebody can get it at the same deal i'm not looking to Yeah, the issue is, is I will say that everything has been relatively hot this year, as far as the market's concerned. And so by putting it at the same deal that you got it at, you kind of put yourself in one of those targets. I mean, this goes back to we could uh, have a conversation about Craigslist and listing things and buying things. But if you list something at too low of a price, you end up with the gamut of randomness that entails... And so sometimes it might be worth just throwing it up at a little bit higher dollar amount and be willing to try to kind of negotiate down a little bit, try to get some more real interest where people are really looking for something like that. But it's tough with a project like that. Yep. We'll see. Not too worried about it. We'll let, uh, you know, we'll let bygones be bygones with that choice and make some space in the garage for, for baby stuff. And we'll move on. Nonetheless, you uh you need to get that klr running we gotta do some off-roading it is coming to be dirt bike slash adventure bike season my friend starting to cool off to your point in the beginning of this we're gonna come come full circle here it's cooling off getting to be forest season man and and as much as you've got that awesome street bike we gotta go tear up some back roads man no, I'm looking forward to it. I just got to get together. It is starting to come around. That was part of uh, putting it off is that it was just going to be hot and I wasn't going to be able to really ride it much, especially with that other bike. So, uh, yep, it's coming. But this uh, this weekend is all about the uh, getting the dump truck motor. So scrapping an international pickup. Sorry for all you Harvester fans out there. Uh, probably could have been salvaged, but I just want the motor. It's very disappointing, Brad. Was that awkward enough? I hope so. I mean, uh, <laughs> the disappointment that we all feel, I just wanted everybody to feel that same disappointment in your KLR. Well, Still not freaking running. Disappointment. Yeah. Let, let's all take a moment of silence for, for Brad's lack of, for the KLR that will never run. Let us all that take a moment of silence. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, 
nonetheless, we are going to set up a time. We're going to have some deep conversations on why BMWs are the best bike you can buy. Uh, we may get some actual data on failures and issues and what the negatives are because Brad needs to hear it. And I know that, you know, Dennis has some to share. Uh, it is not the unicorn, maybe, that, uh, that, that Brad feels like everybody tells him it is. But outside of that, well, yeah, sounds like we're going to have to continue that conversation on into multiple conversations because we've got some dirt bike talk because uh, there's a newcomer coming that's just going to take the whole dirt bike scene by storm as far as I'm concerned. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Nonetheless, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, uh, share this. Don't forget to uh, to subscribe to the podcast and we'll be back with you in a couple weeks. Until next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.